0: Hello and welcome to the family at World Harvest Outreach. Um, today I'd like to do a little bit of an incarnation thing. It is my favorite subject of the year. I love to talk about incarnation. Um, everybody know what that word means? I'm going to act like you don't, just for a minute. To incarnate means to take something that did not have bodily form and become bodily form. Something that was invisible or inanimate suddenly becomes animate, suddenly becomes visible, suddenly becomes known. I actually think of the incarnation this way. It's the invisible God so desiring to be known and understood that he becomes one of us. That's my favorite definition. I'm not saying that's the only or the definition, but it's my favorite one. It's my father, my loving father, so wanting me, you, us to know him that he becomes just like us. He doesn't want any mystery anymore. He doesn't want any cloud, no veil, no darkness, no uh, misconstrue, misunderstanding, nothing. He wants to show up in bodily flesh and say, here I am, what do you want to know? I feel like that's what the incarnation is to me. And for me, it's the greatest miracle of all. I really do. I, I've, it, it rivals the one where God dies and resurrects. It rivals it. But the fact that God, the divine, desires to so connect with us that he becomes like us, literally dwelling in the very flesh we dwell in. I just, it is the ultimate empathy. Think about it. I'm not sure there's a greater gift any of us could give someone else than to take the perspective that we normally have. What's the perspective we normally have? Centered on myself. That is your, in case you were wondering, that is your normal perspective. The entire world revolves around you. That's your normal perspective. Empathy is your ability to take that perspective and put it centered in someone else instead of centering it on yourself you center it in someone else and then you look at the world from their perspective and you begin to feel something different than if you were centered in on yourself has anybody ever done it before does it change your perspective of things when you do it oh my gosh does it I immediately love someone more when I intentionally center myself in their perspective anybody Yeah, it is so easy to have division and to have your judgments and your reasons for why you need to be separate or you feel a certain way when you stay centered in your perspective. The moment you step into someone else's shoes and you turn around and you look at the world, let alone yourself, that's something. To stand in someone else's shoes and look at you, that'll wake you up. But man, God did that voluntarily and not only did he do it like when I think about incarnation I think about like like if I was in charge of incarnation I would show up at 30 years old I mean why go through birth why go through teenage angst hello come on Why go through having to learn stuff from mom and dad I am the divine here I would show up at 30 and say, yo, here I am. Deal with this. I'm going to grab some disciples. I'm going to teach them a bunch of stuff. And then I'll do the death thing. I mean, I think you get my point. But there's something mysterious yet glorious about him coming as an embryo. It, hmm. The divine so decreases himself that he literally becomes the seed that fertilizes an egg. That incredibly glorious to anyone? Do you remember what Ben was talking about last week? He's as, remember what he said? Yeah, he's as big as he is small. Or would you say it the other way? Yeah, that's what I thought. He's as big as he is small. So he has no problem. The grandest king of all kings. Father of all creation. And when you think of creation, you probably think of what? Just shout out something. Earth. Does anybody else think of space? Yeah. Galaxies and crazy stuff that Star Trek hasn't even gone to yet. He is the father of all of that, yet he also decreases himself to the size of a microscopic seed. Small enough to get inside Mary's ovum. Is it an ovum? Is that what it's called? Help me out. What's the egg called? Egg. Okay. It's <laughs> trying to be all scientific for y'all, but no, don't let me do that. I... I that incarnation, that part of the incarnation will forever boggle my mind. Show up as 30, show up, you know, long hair, glowing, the man, do your thing. I mean, he is of the order of Melchizedek, right? If you, if you want to be a little biblically scholarly, he was of the order of Melchizedek. That's what Hebrews says. And, and it, the, the beautiful thing or the incredible thing about Melchizedek, Everybody know what I'm talking about when I say Melchizedek? He showed up and talked to who? Abram right yeah okay it says that he had no beginning and he had like no one knows where he came from he just shows up in scripture and then he leaves okay so that's kind of and if he and if Jesus is of the order of Melchizedek wouldn't it kind of make sense show up be the priest do his thing out the door but no he goes beyond that he's like no I need to feel this I need to feel what it's like to be a kid. I need, to what it, I need to know what it's like to feel all these temptations and this pain and these judgments and these feelings and emotions and the thoughts that we're supposed to have and the thoughts we're not supposed to have. I want to feel all of that with my children. It says he was tempted in all ways just like we are. Yet, he always chose to walk according to the divine. That Oh, gosh, there's so many miracles just in the Incarnation. It's incredible. I just want to spend a couple of minutes today um, tying together things that we have been hearing in Bible school. I want to honor the Stollerper family. Guys, the semester's ending in how many weeks for Bible school? Two more weeks. It, it has been really, really good. How many people are, have been doing it consistently in this room? Can you guys amen that it has been really good? It has been really good. I've been very thankful for it. And I wanted to intentionally today marry stuff the Lord's been showing me with what these guys have been doing, incredible amount of research and preparation to bring us these teachings each week. And I'm hoping when next semester starts out that more of you join this because it's not a lot of time and effort. It's 90 minutes a week plus a little bit of scripture reading in between, and it is so worth it. So, today I want to honor the stallopers and kind of marry these two thoughts together. I want to marry what we've been going through in Genesis with this story of the incarnation. Because if you ask me, and I think we've kind of talked about this in the Bible school as well, it's the same story. What God was doing in Genesis 1 and what God was doing with Mary is really the same thing. So just a couple quick verses. Did you get those, or you you got them, Nick? Okay, I wasn't sure who was back there. All right, so Luke chapter one, we'll start there. These are like obvious Christmas, okay? So just go with me. I'm gonna not be like Ben. I'm gonna use the actual obvious scriptures of Christmas. Not second King's Christmas story. (laughs) Try to make something, say, it was really good, actually. Yeah, it was really good. (laughs) <laughs> Mary said to the angel how can this be now I'm jumping in the middle of the story everybody knows Gabriel shows up to Mary right do I need to do the whole thing with you I read the Christmas story to my children and family every year uh, right before we open presents it's like it's my one moment to like remind my those really little kids what the heck this is really all about before they go nuts with presents that's what we did every year and now they actually asked me to do it which I think is pretty great. So this is right in the middle of the story. Gabriel shows up and he prophesies to her that you are going to bear the Son of God. Mary says to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? Now this, just stay, 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 go back, go back, go back, go back. back. Thank you. That whole fade in, fade out thing kind of makes it hard to just jump back. Notice that. Mary said to the angel how can this be since I am a virgin I want you to think about biologically medically the the womb of a virgin nothing has happened inside of that womb yet other than I mean I think she was around 13 years old am I right on that bible scholars ish 12 13 somewhere in there okay so it Again, we don't know this for a fact, but she's probably just starting to ovulate-ish. Am I right on that? I haven't been a woman. I need a couple women doing this for me, okay? (laughs) I mean, I can be empathetic to a point. Thank you. So she's probably just starting to ovulate. Not even sure if she has or not. Maybe she doesn't even... Haven't even done it that yet. You know, gone through the whole cycle yet. And so the angel shows up and says, hey, you're going to have a child. Like, and how can this be since I am a virgin? It goes beyond just, I haven't had sex yet. It goes beyond the fact that this womb's, and, and my, my organs have not experienced anything like this before. And then an angel shows up and says, things like this are going to happen inside of you. In those places where no action has happened yet? It, it kind of it would kind of startle you just a bit, let alone an angel showing up. Okay, like, and I, we don't know if he showed up shining and woo, you know, music in the background like the movies do, or if he just shows up like Jason, just walks in the room, "Hey, hey Mary," you know, with Jason's voice. Could you just hear it? Say, "Hey, Mary," Jason yeah could you just hear it wouldn't that be great (laughs) hey mary i mean because it says how many times have we entertained angels unaware just walking around us heck who knows bob wright might be an angel and you guys are missing out i mean the shining that comes off the top you know (laughs) could be a hint mary said to the angel how can this be that's Crazy enough. That's startling enough. Then, for the message to be this, not for the message to be, hey, I need you to go tell everybody that the Son of God is coming. That'd be one thing. Okay, the Son of God is coming. That was kind of a John the Baptist's job. Mary had a little bit of a different job. She was going to be the highway in which he walked in. Amazing. How can this be? I am a virgin. This womb, maybe again we don't know, but maybe it's never even produced an egg yet. It hasn't even released its first egg yet. Yet you're telling me I'm going to bring forth the Son of God. And he actually—I uh, didn't want to go all that, but I think it—it it kind of in the original language it actually speaks to real soon, because later on it talks about your—is uh, it cousin Elizabeth—is already pregnant. So we know it's happening soon because while they're pregnant, uh, Mary walks in and, you know, the baby jumps and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, you know it's imminent when the angel is talking to her. This is not going to happen in a year or two. This is going to happen soon. All right, 35. The angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you Again, there's the that repetition we've talked about before. When you hear the same thought repeated very close to each other, this is emphasis. It's a, it's a scriptural declaration of, hey, this is really important. Pay attention. The Holy Spirit will literally envelop you. And not just you physically. Like you have to think about it. This, I actually can kind of picture the Holy Spirit not too dissimilar from the Spirit hovering over. The surface of the waters are over the deep in Genesis chapter one. Can you just jump there really quick? We're going to come back to verse 35. Can you go to Genesis chapter one? The earth was formless and void. The darkness was over the surface of the deep. Now, I've never been inside, but my guess is a woman's womb is dark. Just a guess. Unless there's light on in there that we don't know about. My guess is that it's dark in there. Anybody? You don't know either. What are you shaking your heads for? Okay. The earth was formless and void. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Do you know what percentage of the human body is water? 70 something percent? Ish? Yeah, see, this is like, This is like biology 101, people. You should be thanking me for this. This is like free. (laughs) free. You didn't have to click on YouTube today. You get this. All right. So the Spirit of the Lord is moving over the surface of the waters. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you. The power of the Most High will surround you. Do you see the similarities here? Do you see how in the same way that the the God of creation is hovering or moving over the surface of the waters. Now go back to verse 35 of Luke 1. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. Jesus. I I just want to rest in those words. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. So like I'm seeing this correlation between how creation began and how the incarnation begins. Holy Spirit hovering over the formless deep. This chaotic mess that has never produced anything anything, or at least to this point, has produced nothing. It's dark. It's formless. It's void, is what it says in Genesis 1. Not too dissimilar from the virgin's womb that has produced nothing. It's dark, but there's so much potential. And when I look at Genesis 1 and I read the Christmas story, I feel like the the waters that the Lord is hovering over in Genesis 1 and the womb of the Virgin Mary, both are like bubbling with potential. And the Lord is like, I can't wait. Something incredible can happen right here. And it's just a 12, 13-year-old girl. How many 12, 13-year-old girls are walking around thinking, I can be something incredible. Something marvelous will come out of me. No, most 12, 13-year-old girls are thinking to themselves, am I worth anything? Do I have any value to anyone? And not only that, but 17 million thoughts crisscrossing the screen of their mind all at the same time. How many people were 13-year-old girls before? Am I right or am I wrong? Yeah? And every time you encounter somebody, you're thinking a thousand thoughts of what they're thinking about you. Yeah? that formless chaotic void, all that stuff going on, on the inside of her and the Lord is hovering over it. He says, I'm going to overshadow you. I am going to take this chaotic mess of what's happening inside of you. I'm going to hover over that womb that's never produced anything and I'm going to do something so holy it's going to change the course of history forever. Just like in Genesis 1. That's powerful. I love it. But there's other like there's other characteristics, there's other like these similarities. So we're in Luke 1. We did that one. Uh, We've done Genesis 1. Uh, Let's go back to the Genesis 1 now. I'm jumping back and forth between these two stories. So the earth was formless and void. He was over the surface of the deep. He was moving over the surface of the waters. Another word is brooding. One of the, some of your Bibles might have brooding. Even some of them have hovering. The idea is that God is, um, he's not stagnant. He's like, he's thoughtful. He's planning. He's strategic. He's, oh, I don't know. What are words are where like, when you're looking at something, you haven't started it yet, but you kind of have the end from the beginning in mind. Purposeful, anticipatory, Potential, hopeful. Next verse. Then God said, you guys know this, let there be light. Now, those of you that have heard this kind of teaching before, you probably know that in reality, in the Hebrew, the words let there be doesn't exist. In the original language, it says, then God said, light. He just said light. Could you just hear the voice of the father of all creation just say Mm. light. And because he said it, it was. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, right? Yeah, he said light. He says, he, he could have said what's going to create light. He could have said what's going to eventually be light. Instead, he just says light. Mm-hmm. I love that the first thing the Lord, we hear him, the Lord say is light. So we've got this thing. We've got this God hovering over it. He, he, uh, before this, I, I just want to say one more thing. I want to go to Hebrews. Then we're going to go back to light. I want you guys to know that when I am preaching, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't come to you all 100% prepared. Oftentimes, I come with you still, I come to you with the message still a jumbled mess on the inside of me, and it comes out. I process the message with you. So that's why I'm never going to be one of those speakers that's got a million followers and views and all that, because it comes out guttural. It comes out instinctual. It comes out like... Oh, vomit, <laughs> that's what I wanted to say, it's just like, Mrah! but I like processing it with you, I want it to kind of feel like it's still on the potter's wheel, and it still doesn't have all of its form yet, but I want you to be with me, because I feel like I'm birthing a baby every time I preach, so it's still like in there with me, and there's all kinds of gooey, illy ugh, stuff with it, that you have to cut off, and clean off, some of you cook and eat later, weird. But anyway, look at this Hebrews 1. Now, I'm oh, sorry, 11.1. 1. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Pause. Just pause on that. Because we know a couple of verses later in Luke 1. Do you guys remember what Mary says after the angel is done? So Gabriel says this thing says you're going to be pregnant, it's going to be awesome, your cousin's already pregnant, that kind of stuff. She says, like, she hears this 12-, 13-year-old girl, doesn't even know what the heck's going on in the world, all those crisscrossing thoughts like we talked about going across her mind, and she says in verse 38, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done unto me. What's the rest? According to your word. Come on, how many 12-year-olds in this room when you were 12 would have said that to a stranger who walked in and told you what they told you? Yeah, 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 let's do that. That sounds like a great plan. I mean, that's the kind of faith... Oh, we're back on. Okay, so yeah, that's what she says there in verse 38. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. In my opinion, my opinion only, This is not a biblical fact, my opinion. Mary is the Abraham of the New Testament. Abraham, it says, because the Lord shows up to him and says, hey, get up and go. And Abraham says this incredible two letters. Okay. And as a result of that simple okay, Abraham is now called for all generations the father of faith. And yes, nations, but he's the father of faith. And Mary, after hearing something not too dissimilar from what Abram heard, says, sounds good to me. I'm your bond slave. Whatever happens, whatever you say, let it happen to me. Mary is Abram. I just love it. I just, I don't know why that connection just sticks with me. And I love that a 12, 13-year-old girl is the Abram of our generation. Isn't that powerful? Anybody else? Amazing. No, not some 30-year-old stud. Not some elderly 70-year-old got my crap together, did a bunch of good stuff, and now I'm the father of faith. No, some 12-year-old girl with all the crisscrossing thoughts and feelings. She's the one that brings forth everything else that will bless the nations of the earth, just like Abram did in the Old Testament. Powerful. Mm. Behold the bond slave of the Lord. Okay. It's the okay of the New Testament and it brings forth everything else that you and I enjoy today. Someone needs to honor Mary this morning. Just like the Jews honor Abram, Abraham, we need to honor Mary. Don't think it's time to start praying to her yet. Nothing like that. But I think she deserves some serious honor. Hello? See, like, like, that's why I don't like to prepare everything before I feel Like, that just came as I was preaching. Like, that's the kind of stuff that can just come as you're talking. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, anyway, I want to think about this for a second. In Hebrews, are we still there? Yeah, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Mary is the walking example of that in this story. Next verse. For by it, men of old gain approval. Not anymore. Now women of old. Amen. Thank you, Mary. Next verse. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared. Think about this. Now, this is the writer of Hebrews referring back to Genesis chapter 1. Get this. See this with me. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by light the Word of God. Not only the Word of God spoken, but Jesus, who is the Logos, right? He is the Word of God, not the Bible. Y'all right? Y'all okay? The word of God is the person of the Lord, Jesus himself. By faith we understand that all of this that we see and the worlds beyond what we can see were prepared by, don't forget prepared, brooding over the waters, preparing. Uh, what'd you guys say? Someone said a preparation over there. Someone said anticipatory or anticipation, hopeful, prepared by the word of God. This is the phrase I want to get to. So that what is seen What is known, what we now know as the creation today, was not made out of things which are visible. Okay, so this is incredible. God decided, he looked at what he was brooding over in Genesis 1. He looked at it, and this is important. You guys have heard me preach about this before, but the actual word for waters in Genesis 1, you guys know it's not just nice clean water that comes out of your Evian glass, right? Like the word for waters in the Hebrew of Genesis 1 is wastewater. It's the water you flush. Not the water that comes up after you flush. He was hovering over, you know what it says, piss water. I love when Jason's in the room. It's my favorite. That's what it means, guys. That's the word. Go look it up. Do not take my word for it. I mean this. Go look that up for yourself. Hebrew word for waters in Genesis chapter 1. You will see it. It's wastewater. It's not water you would want to do anything with. God looks at it. He hovers over it. He sees its brokenness. He sees its chaotic mess. He sees that as, as brooding as he is, as strategic as he is, as hopeful as he is, he looks at it and he says, I need to put myself in that because there's not enough in it to make something incredible. So I'm going to put myself into it so that what comes forth from it is glorious. For me, the Genesis creation story, just as much as the Virgin Mary story tells me, God is not afraid of jumping into piss water. You hear me? We have taught a God for too long that when he sees sin and brokenness, what does he do? He gets away. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. When you get yourself holy, I'll be here. And we have all grown up with a God that we believe like that. We have. But there is a God. There is a Father who when he sees you in your brokenness, in your confusion, in your addiction, in your self-made disaster. How many people had have? Anybody got one of those? I got one. In fact, I got a lot. I just got self-made disasters. I feel like I am like... They need to make a poster about me. But it says, where sin abounds, right. so much more. Greece shows up where all of that piss water is. Jason, are you done yet? Okay. <laughs> shows up in the midst of that, broods over it, and says... I'm going swimming. And he creates what we see today. He jumps into the water, jumps into your mess, and says, light! And it just bursts forth. And all of a sudden, in the midst of your brokenness, in the midst of there is no way out of this mess, light comes, and you're like, Wah! There's a way out, yes, there is. and he did it in Mary, for the yes. for the all of humankind, for all of history, both past, present, and future. He screams inside of the womb of Mary, light, hope. There is a way. It's me. Mm-hmm. That's why. That's why he says, "I am." The way. And the only way he could be the way is that he literally jumps into the womb. Jumps into the waters. You guys hear this? Yeah. He can be the way only because he was willing to jump into the wastewater and join us. Mm. Okay, so, but here's even better. I didn't even get to this point yet. Mm so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. Okay, so he looks at all that. He says, I can't do that. I can't just be like an artist who takes this stuff, the certain things, to certain things, certain things, and then wrap it up like a bow and then give it as a present to the world. He's like, "I, I, I can't do that. So what I have to do is I have to take myself and I have to put myself into that and then beauty will come forth from that. And if you think about it, that is the exactly what he did in Mary's womb. So you got this egg. No sperm has ever seen. I, I'm just being real. Can we be real here today? No sperm has ever seen the inside of Mary. No seed has ever been thrown on that soil. How many more metaphors do you want? So God says, I will be the seed. I will be that seed. And so he puts himself. That's back to that whole idea of the God of all creation. Minimizing himself. Decreasing himself. And that's why you can't think in terms of size and scope with the Lord. Like you can't think in terms of physical geography to think of his grandeur and his strength. Because in the spirit, there's not that dimension. You know, you don't have... Geographical or geometrical dimension when it comes to size and breadth and depth. You have to think in terms of spirit. And because God is a spirit, he can be as grand as the universe or he can be as microscopic as a seed that can implant itself, not just inside a womb. You got to go deeper than that. It has to go inside an egg. got to think about that. And so, There's nothing to work with in there. There's no sperm. Like, I think it's, uh, again, more medical facts. I believe it's 3 million sperm at a time are released each time that travel up to fertilize an egg. So we've talked about this before. If you've heard this before, but it's a miracle that you exist. You're one in 3 million. Okay? So that's the miracle enough. But if there's no sperm, God looks again and says, you know what? the way this is going to be holy is I'm going to put myself in that egg. So he works with nothing to create something. Lord, thank you. Thank you right now for doing that with Mary, for doing that back at Genesis 1 so that we can enjoy this beautiful thing that we live on today. Amazing. There's more. Okay, so like I, I'm seeing other connections here you can just leave that up here now but oh no actually i want you to go back to genesis chapter 1 the light can we go back to light yeah so then the first thing god speaks into the creation process is light we know that we talked about that already and then are you ready for that video see i'm even going to do uh, i'm going to do your thing i'm going to show a video <laughs> but this is really cool like i'm doing this on purpose this is about a 6 year old video you probably have all seen this before And you know probably what I'm going to show you if you've seen this before. But it's incredible. But in Bible school, several different times, Jay has shown videos of some pretty cool scientific stuff of the entirety of creation has sound. And they've created technology that actually records the sounds of the universe. Like, you just need to find it. It's incredible. I won't tell you more than that. that's the beginning okay so that's an egg that's an egg and I'm pretty sure that that little purple thing over on the right is the head of a sperm about to fertilize an egg and those of you that probably have seen this before again it's six years old it's only six years old technology that they were actually able to use fluorescence okay I don't know how that would get you going, but, where they're actually able to now see different colors and they're able to, so in chemical processes, they're able to see when different parts of the chemical process happen. And there is a process that when the sperm fertilizes an egg, zinc is released, like an an incredible amount of zinc for the size, and it creates this incredible explosion of light. Don't forget, remember how we talked about it in the womb, it's probably super dark, right? And at the moment the sperm infiltrates, fertilizes the egg, there's a flash of light. What was on the screen was this circle that was an egg, and there was a, a, a swimming sperm, thank you, and as soon as the head of that swimming sperm broke the surface of the egg, it literally was like a uh, flash, like on a photo, like, yeah. like a light, and it, there was one where it was like nine of them, like nine circles on it, and each one got fertilized at a different time. It was like, pff, 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 pff. like for me, when I see that and I think about God's seed, Fertilizing Mary's egg in the darkness. It's just like the scream at Genesis 1. Light! And the Son of God shows up. And not just the Son of God. Like, and this is the part where you guys just have to decide if you, do, if you agree with this or not. I don't think... I'm going to tell you what I think. This is Mark's opinion. When we hear the term Son of God shows up in the womb, there's a little bit of an idea that God is up in the heavens and uh, down below the Son of God is now being formed in the womb of Mary. That is not the way I believe. I'll tell you what I believe. Because again, you can't think of heaven as spatial. Don't think of the Spirit as dimensional with geography and all of this. It doesn't have that kind of distance. There is no geographical distance in the Spirit. That's why you and I can pray for Ukraine and immediately have an impact there, okay? Because there's no distance there in the spirit. And in the same way, I don't believe God's on the throne orchestrating that. I think God climbed in the womb. The Son of God is nothing more than the God of the universe, the invisible God, making himself visible through humanity. So I'm going to say it this way because it's a little bit theatrical, but I think it works for me. I think the throne of heaven relocated to the womb of Mary. If you want to say it that way. Because the throne can do whatever it wants. Someone say amen. The king can do whatever he wants. And if he wants to rule over the atmosphere with his legs on the, you know, uh, heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool. If he wants to do that, he can. Or if he decides, you know what? For the next 33 earth years, I'm going to do this. He can do it because when he broods and he thinks and he strategizes and he anticipates, he sees the end from the beginning and everything in between and he says, I will do this. He's got a plan. So that's what I think. I don't think it's a part of God revealing himself and the Father still on heaven kind of orchestrating the whole thing. No, I think God is there in Jesus. That's why he says, I and the Father are Last one, similarity. This is the last similarity I see. God speaks and his word fertilizes the deep initiating creation in Genesis 1. God speaks light and that word fertilizes that wastewater that he's hovering over. Just like he did in the womb of Mary. He speaks light. Light goes into the darkness that's, that's over the surface of the deep and fertilizes literally speaks to it and sows a seed just like a farmer sows a seed into the ground and it germinates and it initiates creation. The same way he literally puts himself into Mary and initiates the entire process that not just is the son of God, not just is God made flesh, but is the entire salvation story you and I enjoy today. It's incredible. I am so thankful, Lord Jesus, for this. Now I'm going to do Ben Delgado. Would you guys close your eyes and bow your heads? Because as much as this is a story of the creation of Genesis 1, as much as it is a story of the Son of God incarnating in Luke 1 through Mary, I am absolutely convinced that this phenomenon happens millions of times a day. God's Spirit enduringly hovers over dark, chaotic situations. Always ready to speak light, hopeful. Oh, yeah, that chaos. Oh, that's crazy. Oh, I know, man. All that worry, all that fear, all that what if, all that. I get it, I get it. But light, He's hovering right now. You don't know your way out. You don't even know if there is a way out. It's been years in this. You wonder if the Lord's even there, and the Lord is hovering. And you know what? Sometimes, what? over these dark chaotic voids where it doesn't feel like the lord is anywhere close sometimes he speaks himself and creates and you know he speaks light and things change and you've had it happen in your life in the past where the lord just shows up and does incredible things we can all testify to that then there's other times when it's really valuable and really important like even more so he says let us make And instead of just being the soul author, he says, hey, would you join me in bringing light? Let us make. And I think that's the fun stuff. I think when the Lord shows up hovering over it and then calls out to you and says, hey, 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 come here. I think we can... Start something new together right here. Are you kidding me? Right here? This is trash. This is empty. I just need you to fix this, God. No, 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 no. Fixing it is to try to take what's already here and somehow bind it together to make something beautiful. That's like, that makes a nice movie. I, I want to do something better than that. I want to start new right here. And I want you to come here at my right hand In the midst of this dark, in the midst of this chaos, I want you and I together to make something new here. This right here, you and I can start something that your children and your children's children will talk about and say, when mom or when dad or when so-and-so did this, our lives were changed forever right here. the incarnation is happening all around us all the time god is jumping in to the wastewater to the pain It's an ongoing effort of a loving heavenly father. And the goal is the same back in Genesis as it was in Mary. I just want to be known and I want to be known in these places. I don't just want to be known on the mountaintops where it's all feeling great and you hear all of the accolades. I want to be known in your pain. I want to be known in that deep place. I want to go there and I want to meet you there and I want to say, let's start again. I want you to know that you are loved and that you are worth getting up out of this mess and starting new with me. I don't think there is a formless void where God isn't. might feel like he's not there. You might be told God's not there. I think God's magnetized to wastewater, to dark places, to places where nothing's been produced before. Gosh, he shows up in a valley of dry bones, shows up like Ben just talked about in a grave of bones. Yeah, this place where no one's expecting anything ever to come forth from this place this is a good place to start right here. When no one else is there, when all hope has been abandoned, the Holy Spirit of God is hovering right there. He is hopeful. He is planning. He's musing. I like that word. Musing is one of my new favorite words. Musing means he's just playing out scenarios in his imagination of how good it could be. And he's trying to choose which good outcome would be the best one for you. Right now, as the Holy Spirit hovers over what you are consumed with and think it'll never change and will always be terrible, my loving Father is musing about which incredible outcome he's gonna choose with you. Join him in this. Be like Mary. Let it be unto me according to your word. Let Christmas happen now. Let Christmas happen in July. Say yes to the hovering voice that screams light into the midst of your darkness. He is ready. He is so ready to implant his word. and initiate a brand new life. Thank you, God, that your mercy is new every morning. Thank you that every morning is just like a, it's like a new hovering, and as that sun comes up, we can just connect with that creation story. We can connect with the Son of God being formed in Mary's womb, and we can say, new day! new opportunities to see God do incredible things. Thank you, Jesus, At Christmas is a season of hope and of light. It's one of my favorite things about Christmas is all the lights that are hung up and they only really sparkle when the sun goes down. Let every light that we see this Christmas season remind us of the one who hovers over the dark. Waiting to create beauty in and from us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I would be remiss, and I think we ought to do this right now. I'd like to pray for all those who are uh, sick. Uh, there's a lot of them. Uh, I had one family reach out to us last night and say, please pray for our family. Three of us, three of the four of us are really down. So would you just join your faith with mine? and declare over these families and over our area. Father, I declare I speak with faith and hopeful anticipation of health and wholeness in Jesus' name over families over individuals. I speak to lungs. I speak to digestive systems. I speak to noses and throats. Be healed. Be restored in Jesus' name. Infections Be overcome by light and life found in Jesus we declare Lord God healing in the lives of our friends and family all across this area Lord God in Jesus name Amen Love you all Have a great week World Harvest Outreach is located in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania but we have family around the world to connect with us Visit us at WhoCenterPA.com.